Coming to you live from the rich heartland of Altamont Springs, Florida, it's The Vic Show with Victor Bowers, brought to you by Super Channel WACX-TV. Take it away! Greetings! I have an announcement for all of you. Jesus is coming to your house. Can you hear me? Hello? Okay. Oh, look. Hello. Hello, Super Channel fans. Welcome to the Vic Show. Namaste. Namaste. Hmm. Let's start out. Right, ladies, join me. Christmas time is here. Happiness and cheer. What's the words? I'm, I know they're smart. It comes just once a year. But Jesus comes every day. That's right. That's right. Christmas time is here. Look at that. Do you know that... Hold on. I'm coming around. Do you know... Interesting fact. I love the music. Interesting fact. Um, when you raise your hands like this, your body uh, releases endorphins into your blood. Hand raising, and I'll sit down. Hand raising is a natural mood stabilizer. So when you raise your hands over your head, your mind, your brain releases feel good chemicals. They make you feel good. You want to relax. You want to breathe. And isn't it interesting that the Bible tells us to raise our hands to the Lord? God knew all along. He says, when people raise their hands to praise me, I'm going to make it feel good for them. They'll want to do it over and over because it feels so good. Isn't that awesome? That's a true fact. Google it. Anyway, I'm Victor Bowers. Welcome to The Vic Show. It's Christmas. And the world is going to hell in a handbasket. It's really not. Um, this is just part of the cycle of life. We have virus in the air. We have turmoil in the White House. Pandemic. And the list goes on and on. Bad news everywhere. But hey, Christmas time is here and people are at the malls buying. Because people want to celebrate something. And God gives us much to celebrate. And when you get to know God, it gets better. So that's what Christmas is about. So welcome to the Vic Show. I love this music. Speaking of Christmas time and Charlie Brown music, someone gave me um, a Snoopy bobblehead. He's bobbling his head. It's awesome. And, um, Charlie Brown uh, Christmas card Charlie Brown Peanuts is one of my favorite It's Charlie Brown and the Far Side And South Park I admit South Park I like South Park I like cartoons Because in cartoon you can say anything you want And everybody laughs I love it But anyway Welcome to Super Channel Vic Show We're having fun You know in heaven it's all going to be fun. It's going to be one big dinner where everyone's eating and drinking and laughing and celebrating and hanging out 
and having a good time. You know, when Jesus gave us his new covenant, he didn't give us a bunch of rules and regulations. He gave us dinner. Yeah. He didn't give us a list of things to do. He said, come over to my house and I'll feed you. And we'll sit there forever having fun and enjoying each other. To me, that's what heaven is about. Plus all the other stuff. Streets of gold. But we can get streets of gold here. But we have no unity here. We only have fragmentation here. We have discord. That's what heaven is. Unity. Getting along, having fun, being together, feeling good, and celebrating, and knowing it's never going to end. It's a permanent state of existence. Isn't that awesome? And you get that in death. I love it. Even in Christ, death becomes a reward. Ha, 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 I love it. Okay, let's see. Let's see, what are we doing? Well, we're celebrating Advent is what we're doing here on the Vic Show. And around the world, all over the church, we celebrate Advent. Where's it going? Is it going away? Oh, uh, hold on, let me push the right buttons. Oh, there it goes. And as you can see, we've decorated the Vic Show set in Christmas themes and colors. So, um, week, Advent week two, we're in. And the word for this week is peace. See, peace? Isn't that nice? Peace. Now, what is peace? Is peace the absence of war? Yeah, that's, that's, that's an indirect version of peace. Absence of war is an indirect version of peace. Actually, absence of war is the effect of a greater cause. What is peace? Well, let's look at the definition of what peace is. Peace is more than just the absence of conflict, strife, or fragmentation. Biblical peace, or shalom, is the presence, capital P, presence of wholeness and well-being, moving towards a complete restoration of intended design and function. Biblical peace or shalom is the presence of wholeness and well-being, moving towards a complete restoration of intended design and function. Okay. Advent week two. So here on the table, we have our Advent wreath candle, our Advent wreath, and the can- there are four candles in here. And um, each candle represents one week in a journey towards Christmas Day. Which, by the way, Jesus is coming to your house. He's coming. He comes every year, actually, symbolically. But in reality, he's already here. Um, But we have to keep reminding ourselves because we're forgetful people. But that's what Christmas is about. Christ coming and us who know about it celebrate. And so he comes. We celebrate on December 25th in Western Christianity and Orthodox. They celebrate a little bit different schedule, but it's the same season. And Christmas is about the arrival of God with us in real time 
at a real place to real people. It's not a once upon a time story. It's a story that starts out. Now, Caesar Augustus was sitting on the throne and Herod the Great was king in Jerusalem. And on and on and on. The story that Luke tells us is full of facts and people, places. And there was a woman named Mary, Miriam. And, and she had a cousin named Elizabeth. The Christmas story is not a once upon a time story. It's history. It's something that happened in a place and time, literally, about 2,000 years ago, chronologically on our schedule. And it was a person who was born, lived a life that was quite uninteresting until about the last three years of his life when he busted onto the scene. And it was a race to the finish. And he was killed. And then he rose again, resurrected. And went around eating and drinking, talking, teaching for about a month, over a month, 10 days or so. Then he ascended. And then he returned again, 10 days later, in spirit, and to the hearts and lives of people in Jerusalem, who we are named. Peter was the first one named. And there were 119 others on that day when the spirit of Jesus returned in full glory. We could not see him, but every other attribute about him was present in the lives of those who claimed to be his followers. So that's what Christmas is the beginning of. So for the second week of Advent, which is our journey towards Christmas, the church gives us Advent. Advent means coming, or going to, or arriving. This is one of the ways, simple ways we can learn to form our life in this direction of being open to when Jesus comes. So the second week is the week of peace. So I'm going to light a candle on the Advent wreath here that we made, the Super Channel Advent wreath. And it's the candle representing peace. And there's the flame. So now we have two candles lit. The first candle was the first week, which was, um, what was the first week? Hope. I hope I remember. It was hope. And the second week is peace. Jesus, at the end of his ministry career, John 14, 7, 14, 27, and I'll just read it for you. Peace I leave with you, Jesus tells his disciples. My peace I give to you. He's like he's giving them a gift, a gift of peace. Not as the world gives do I give. Let not your heart be troubled and do not fear. Peace is the presence, capital P. Peace is personified in Jesus. It's not a notion we hope for. It's not something that can be brought about by treaties. Those things are the effect of peace. They are the result of the working of peace. 
you can't make them happen on their own. They work and they, they, they come into existence as a result of something prior. Peace is about bringing disparate parts together. It's about making fragmentation whole. Like if you have a wall with a lot of bricks and someone hits the wall and the wall crumbles. Parts of the, there's a big hole in the wall and you see bricks lying all over the place and you see a big, a big gape in, the, in the, this big wall. The wall is now out of peace. It's not fully functional. Its integrity has been molested. Something is gravely wrong with the wall. So you go to the wall and you rebuild it. You restore the wall. You put the bricks back in place. You replace the broken bricks with whole bricks. You smooth it over and it's stronger than ever. And it shows a scar. You see the old bricks compared to the new bricks. So you can tell where there was invasion because you can visually see new bricks, old bricks will look different. So there's a scar there. There's a story. Now there's a story with this wall. And stories are what makes life interesting. Your story, the bad things that have happened to you, the bad things that have happened to us, when we give them to God, He will begin to create our story out of them. Have you ever considered that? What's your story of your life? Up to this point, the story of your life may just be turmoil and stress and fragmentation, maybe divorce, maybe disease, maybe scandal, something bad. But when you turn all that over to God in Christ, he will take all that from you if you give it to him. He will ask you to forgive. He will give you forgiveness. He will ask you to forgive. And then he will take all that mess and work his power and create a unique, interesting story of your life. You now, that's why when you come to Christ, you fully become a person. A person has a story to tell. A person has something. Have you ever been around somebody? They may be good looking. They may have fancy cars, fancy clothes, but they have nothing to say. They're not interesting. They're boring. And maybe after five minutes, you're like, you're thinking to yourself, you're still smiling and being gracious, but you're like, oh my God, I got to get a drink. I can't, I got to get out of here. I can't talk. I can't talk to this. They're boring me to tears because they have nothing to say. There's nothing more disappointing than a good looking person with nothing to say. I used to be that. Actually, I am still good looking. No, I'm not. I'm I'm joking. Um, How do you like my lime green sweater, by the way? Sorry. Um, But God begins to give you, God gives you a story. And the story is made up out of all the bad decisions you made, but he will restore it. And then he inserts himself in the middle of it because he's brought all this peace to it. And he's brought all the fragments together. And this goes on for a lifetime. It doesn't happen overnight. It doesn't happen in a year, most usually. But it happens over a course of a lifetime. And in that course of lifetime, He's reshaping you into the better and better and better version of who you were meant to be. 
who you were designed to be. That's what the definition tells us. What part of peace is a restoration? Shalom peace see, in ancient Hebrew, in Hebrew today, Judaism today. Shalom means more than just getting along. It's a state of being. It's what we would say, a state of well-being. How's your, when, when you hear people say shalom, they're asking you, how's your state of being? How are you, not just how are you doing, but how are you being? We're all busy doing stuff, but very few of us are actually being, being a person, being whole, being more than just what we do, being more than just our functions. So that's what Peace Shalom tells us. The second week of Advent is the week of peace, week of Shalom. And what was manifested in person during Christmas. When the angels showed up in the field, the story of Christmas, you can find it in the beginning of chapters of Luke. The angels showed up in the fields by night. In the middle of the night, they showed up to the lowest of the low. Shepherds. Shepherds working the graveyard shift. That was the, that was the bottom of the barrel in occupations in first century Palestine. A third shift shepherd watching the sheep at night. Who wants to do that? Only someone who's desperate for a job. So that's who the angels showed up to, those who were the most desperate. And those who had probably a lot of times on their, time on their hands. I mean, everything's more interesting than watching sheep at night when they're sleeping. <laughs> so the angels showed up. Angels showed up in the field and announced God's glorious entry into the world and also entry out of the world. This peace personified came out of Mary. So God both came into history from the outside and came out of the earth through Mary. He came to us in all directions. And now he comes to us in spirit everywhere. God is everywhere. God isn't every. God, there, God, everything isn't God, but God is everywhere. And he starts through being, you're being told of him. Anyway, so Christmas, Advent week two, the word is peace. Our scripture reading today comes from Luke chapter eight. It starts eight, um, at the verse 42. Let's go to it now if we can. Luke 42, 8. It's the account of Jesus going somewhere and being stopped to do something. As Jesus was on his way, the crowds almost crushed him. And a woman was there who had been subject, had been subject to bleeding for 12 years, but no one could heal her. She came up behind Jesus and touched the edge of his cloak and immediately her bleeding stopped. Who touched me? Jesus asked. When they all denied it, Peter said, Master, the people are crowding and pressing against you. But Jesus said, Someone touched me. I know that power has gone out from me. Then the woman, seeing that she could not go unnoticed, came trembling and fell at his feet. In the presence of all the people, she told 
why she had touched him and how she had been instantly healed. Then he said to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. Let's read it again. As Jesus was on his way, where was Jesus going? Jesus was going to the home of Jairus. Jairus was an upstanding uh, Pharisee. He was a leader in the community. And usually the Pharisees would not interact with Jesus because they were very much bothered by him. But Jairus was desperate because his daughter, who was 12 years old, was deathly sick. So Jairus lost all pretense. He lost all pride. He didn't care what anybody thought. He was concerned for his baby. So he went out looking for Jesus, the miracle worker. They may not like Jesus, but when they were desperate, they went looking for him because they knew he could bring results. So Jairus went out looking and, and gathers him. And Jesus stops what he's doing. You can read about this in Luke 8. Jesus stops, he drops everything and he beelines to the house of Jairus. And Jesus, of course, always had crowds. When you work miracles, you're going to have a crowd. And so Jesus always had throngs of people. And people were just following him. Everywhere you go, he'd have crowds. You know, this is the time before cars. People walked everywhere. So people would just see you and they would just start going with you. Because if he's going to work a miracle, I want to be there. So Jesus heads towards the house of Jairus to see what's going on. Along the way, he stops immediately in his tracks. And he says, let's go back to the scripture. On his way, he says, what? Who touched me? Look down there. Who touched me? They all, no, the crowd was silent. They all denied it. Then Peter, who always has something to say, good or bad, master, the people are, you know, Peter is the the, uh, announcement of the obvious. There are people everywhere and they're crowding and touching you. Well, of course, everybody's around. Everybody's touching me. But how did Jesus respond? What's the second page? How did Jesus respond? But Jesus said, someone, Peter, someone touched me. Not everybody touched. I know, Peter, I know everybody's touching me, please. But someone touched me. I know because power, I felt a drain of power. I felt weak. Something has you know, like, you know, like when you're going through life or a conversation, or maybe you have just an interaction with somebody that's real quick and you say the wrong thing or you do something bad and you just, you feel like, oh my God, why? You just feel this drain of energy. Now, Jesus wasn't, he, he wasn't acting bad. That's per, my example of perhaps is faulty, but he felt, he felt a discharge of energy. He felt something leave him. I could almost see him stumbling as he's walking like, what in the world just happened? Let's go back to the scripture. So Jesus says, something, someone has touched me because I've been, I've been, someone has taken, someone has taken something. Someone has grabbed something. Then the woman, seeing that she could no longer go unnoticed, came trembling and fell at his feet. Now the woman, this woman, there were, there were many, many people around. Jesus didn't know perhaps it was her. He just said, someone touched me. And this woman, she could have stayed hidden. 
but she knew that he knew that she knew that he knew. When you interact with Jesus, even when you're desperate, he knows you. He said, someone touched me. Not a few people touched me or some, something's happened. All these people, I can't just get all these people away because something's happening and I don't like it. No, he said, someone's touched me and it's concerning me because I need to see who this someone is. So the woman realizes that and she's, she, let's go back. And she, um, she stands up. She comes out of the crowd. Seeing that she could not go unnoticed, she came trembling and fell. In the presence of all these people, she disclosed why she had touched him and how she had also been instantly healed. Then he said to her daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. This woman had been sick for 12 years. Sick for 12 years. She had female problems. She had constant bleeding. Ladies, you know what I'm talking about. She had, perhaps she was not able to get a hysterectomy. Who knows? But you know what I'm talking about. She had problems. And she, there, was no, there was no cure for her. And she went to the doctor. She did everything. She probably went to the rabbi and asked for prayer. And in that day and time, in that Jewish culture, that was a very shameful thing for a woman to have. Constant bleeding, that means you are constantly unclean, which means you could never come into the temple, which means you could never truly worship God properly. So she had been basically excommunicated from temple activity and from religious life. And in that culture, religious life was the only life. And everybody knew she was unclean. She probably had a constant odor. Everybody knew it, but no one said anything. They just pretended she didn't exist. That's why she was on the ground. She touched the bottom of Jesus's garment. She was at his feet. She didn't touch his collar. She didn't pull his sleeve. She pulled the cloak. His, he wore a cloak, went to at least his knees. She was on the ground crawling underneath so no one would see her. But Jesus saw her before he saw her. Someone touched me and he knew exactly who it was. And she knew because there was a connection. She had been saved and she had been healed. Healed so much she knew it. She could testify. Can I get a witness? And she said, Jesus, I'm the one. I took your power because I need it. I believe you can heal me and you have healed me. And Jesus said, woman, your faith has healed you. Your faith in me, God has healed you because you trusted me. Jesus is the conduit. Your faith has healed you. Your faith. Your faith in who? In him. Your trust in him. But it's your faith that draws it out. How much of Jesus do you want? All of them? Then take all of them. And he'll say, take as much as you want. And then he said, go in peace, which means go in wholeness, go in restoration. Your female problems, I ain't problems anymore because you're whole, you're complete. The wound has been healed. You now have a story to tell. And we're telling it today on the Vic Show, right? Quite a story. 
go in peace. She wasn't having a war. She didn't have enemies. She had no one. She didn't exist because she was a woman with problems. But Jesus restored her and called her daughter. Daughter. That offended every religious spirit around. Daughter. Daughter who had female problems, lady problems. Your faith has healed you. Now just go in peace. Have a good day. And don't worry about it because it'll never come back. You're perfectly whole, daughter. That's profound. That's what peace is. That's the second week of Advent. Isn't the set gorgeous? Okay. Now there's our shot. Okay. I'm out of time. Two fingers, one finger. Bye. Bye.